0: Well, it wasn't what I was doing before. It was I've started. Are we on? By the way,
1: are we on? Is this thing on? Have is we
2: started? On?
0: Have we started? Oh my god!
1: But have we? Because yes. I don't want to. I don't want to burn. Well, this, uh, I started recording.
0: Classic. Cool, me too. Okay. Um, is this thing I've on? Started, I've started taking uh, this drug called It <laughs> which is actually is actually um, a recommendation from. Maggie, who listens to the pod, okay. and she was she's a doctor, to me. right? She is not a doctor. Okay. She, oh, not she's a the pharmacist. Not a pharmacist. Okay. Um, I don't think she even uh, has a job. She she doesn't work in the <laughs> medical industry at so. all. Um, she's a well, I know her as a musician. Anyway, um, she uh she phoned in. After hearing the show, uh-huh. and uh, I was talking about my sleeping uh, issues that I was having uh, yeah. on the last episode, I think, and previously, and she says go to the chemist and get this thing called Rest of It, and um, it's an over-the-counter sleeping pill. Okay. Right. So um, I did that immediately after she texted me. Yeah and um they say to you to you know only don't take it for an extended amount of time yeah right but this thing is incredible so i've been taking like a half dose Uh you know when i can't sleep yeah you know i'm not waking up in the middle of the night now on this on this stuff yeah Uh, i'm sleeping right through only only side effect is that it can make you a little drowsy last night last night i took
1: a uh, a full, uh, a full dose, so full tabby. A little bit, a little bit drowsy, but right. And so, uh, that warning being said, have, how often are you taking a tablet? I've taken it every day since I got them. Which so... was how long? Like a uh, month? maybe a month ago. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> but it works, you know. Yes, it seems like one of those things which is sort of fixing a symptom, not the problem. That's what I. That's what I'm all about.
0: The symptom to me <laughs> is more important than the actual root issue. Sure.
1: So until this treatment becomes another problem, you're happy to just ignore well, all the warnings.
0: Well, the beauty of that is that where if if this does create another problem, which it is, I can just find a solution to that. Right. Problem. So so kick
1: the can down the road. Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
0: There's always a solution. There's always, you know, yeah. a, a, a a symptom
1: waiting to be solved. Yeah. Can't sleep? Take a pill. Too drowsy from the pill? Have a coffee. Too yes. shitty because of the coffee? Get some emodium. Too clogged yeah. up? Eat some fiber. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> just keep going. Yeah,
0: man. Um, you know, it's it's fine. I mean,
1: it's nice to have things to kind you're, of... You just, it feels like you're filling time now. You're just filling yeah. out your day with things to do.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, what the what the fuck else am I gonna do?
1: (laughs) Shit regularly. Um. But
0: yeah. So um, if you're having sleeping issues, um, go out and get rest of it. Um, you just have to give your ID over the counter, and um, Uh you'll sleep like a baby. Okay.
1: Um, Maggie, I love you for the wreck. Still pretty hurt that I explicitly to your face told you to go and see a doctor and talk to someone about it, and that advice was ignored. And the one that you did choose to do was just go and self-medicate. The easiest one. Was that any easier? You still had to go speak to someone and drive somewhere. Yeah, but I, I like I like doing that.
0: I like you know. So then, why not to go to a doctor?
3: <laughs>
0: because then you have to book an appointment, and I don't know. It's just I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want uh, the intimacy of an appointment. <laughs> You might be treating your doctor wrongly. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, well, welcome back. Thank you. Everyone. Well, welcome back. That was to... not to you. Okay. Not to you. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a month, Nick. Yeah, it has. A drought.
1: A, a, a drought. A of deep-fought drought.
0: Deep-fought content. Yeah. So many people asking where we are, what are we doing? Are you other deep void lads coming back? Yeah.
1: And I, to be fair, I feel like the last episode we delivered was as good as two of our episodes put together on average. So I think that, you know, you can just go back and re-listen to that Christmas one a few times if you're feeling the need. I I regret nothing.
0: Now we're getting, getting some good feedback on the, on the Christmas jingles. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jingles. So dismissive. Um, I like to think of mine as an anthem, but each to their okay. own. A Christmas anthem. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> it's it, in uh, the club. Your song identifies as an anthem. It does. Yeah. Okay. Um, how are you doing? How's your twenty twenty three been so far? Uh,
0: it's been good. I had a great break. Um, I went down to Adelaide. Um, I had a had a had an interesting New Year's. We we kind of rented a place in uh, in the woods i guess you'd say in the bush yeah um had a weird time there and um just been, what sort of place been... it was like a cottage it was okay. an
1: airbnb but it was a it was a cottage forest cottage is generally a nice vibe
0: it was it was no that's what i meant um it was just a weird a bit of a weird time but oh. it was um it was it was good just weird a little bit well, I it, cried, I cried, I cried Okay, so there was a karaoke machine This is okay. on day two, a karaoke machine Who's who's here people, with you? Just some people that I know and a few that I don't
1: Okay, so we're talking like eight people?
0: Yeah, around that Okay uh, Anyway, at one point there was a karaoke machine And um, people were, were singing, including me And someone was singing I don't believe in, oh wait Do you believe in life after love? By uh-huh. sure, uh-huh. and I just started leaking fluid out of my eyes, and uh, it was weird. And it was like a happiness thing. I have this thing where I always seem to get very emotional around New Year's, and it's happened ever since probably 2015 when I was traveling with Dan, um, and and it happened this year again. And I kind of it kind of there was like an afterglow of emotional feelings, uh, you know, after New Year's. Where for a few days after, I would, I would hear a, like a song as I'm walking to work and I'm like, oh shit, it's happening again. Um, and I think New Year's real I know it's like a arbitrary kind of date that people use to cha- change their life or they have an ambition to, you know, I'm going to do this and this and this and then they never do it. But I think for me, it's like this checkpoint and this marker of like, okay, I remember where I was this point last year and you know, so much of my life has changed and I'm wondering like what's going to happen in the future. It's like this, because I'm, because I'm, I'm never in the present. I'm always in the past of the future. So new year's surf is this, this like marker of, um, I'm right in the middle of the past and the future. If that makes sense. Like I'm, I it forces myself... you
1: to be in the present. <sighs> because you're, forces... you're, you're having to think about what the moment is now right like that's the whole point of a marker like that is it it, I th- it I orients think, I th- you in today
0: yeah i think for me it's more like the reflection of how much has changed from between this point last year and now and then yeah which is thinking what's... about
1: where the present is right
0: and also the anticipation of what's going to happen at this point next year. Yeah. Um so yeah, I guess I guess what you're saying is is correct, but yeah. Um I tend to just um I tend to just get a bit weepy.
1: And was it because you regret where you are compared to a year ago or your No.
0: No, it was it was like a, it was like a happy cry, but it was like mm. an over overcome of emotions kind mm. of thing. It's like a real bubbling over type
1: thing. It's um yeah what do you believe in a life after love
0: (laughs) i've i've i do i do i thought it was believe in love after love i guess it's kind of the same thing but yeah i believe in life after love for
1: sure do you well i've it depends how you interpret the song is the idea that you're through with a relationship and then you're not getting back into a relationship and you're living a life? Or do you think the mm. meaning of it is, like, do you get a should second Should you kill love? yourself?
0: Or should you just kill yourself <laughs> yeah. after the love?
1: No, but as in, like, are you, is it, are you taking it as, like, it's nice to be single, or are you taking it as, like, there's a second chance at love out there? What's the intent? What's the meaning behind the song? I think the latter for me. Okay. Yeah. Great.
0: A little analysis of Cher's lyrics.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And topical, too. Welcome to Deep Fort, everybody. Thank you for joining us in the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> Michael is preparing his religious text. We've changed podcast themes. There's going to be quite a bit more of a sermon, um, but welcome on board, everyone. Hope you had a lovely holiday break. We sure did. Sitting through the internet with me today, my friend Michael. Hello.
0: Hi, Nick. Hi, everyone. Nice to be with you in this Fine. Year.
2: Well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. tune. Still yeah. playing. It's quite nice,
1: though. Um. Do Did you say you were back into work straight away? Back at it.
0: Was am I back into work? Um. I was back on the seventh or something.
4: Mm,
1: okay. So you've had a week.
0: Yep. Yeah. And tell me. Tell me about yours.
1: Yeah. Um, what you've been doing. Well, uh, we caught up in Melbourne, as you hopefully remember, That you might have been in sort of a sleeping pill days at that point, I'm not sure. Um, I do. We, I, Casey and I got home for a couple of weeks, 18 days, I think, all up, quick week in, in Adelaide, went to a wedding, which was lovely, and then had a week of uh, Airbnb bumming around doing nothing with the family in Victoria. Um, and as a result, got to pop up for a day trip to Melbourne and see my old buddy, Michael, your boy yeah and lauren was there which was lovely so yep. yeah we had a nice a nice day and then flew back to new zealand sort of started jan and almost immediately entered another wedding phase um because we were yeah, groomsmen. You're going to a lot of weddings yeah and i got another one in a fortnight so Holy i had shit. i had groomsmen stuff for this um one just passed and so we had a bucks weekend away which was again weirdly a um, lodge in the forest kind of vibe very nice um and then just yesterday was the actual wedding one week later so that was a a fairly full-on day but a very successful one so um, what is it about all your
0: friends getting married around this time is it just summer? everyone gets
1: married this time
0: i'm dying to go to a wedding and you um, I've, I've got no one
4: well,
1: no one getting married. You need to, you know, you've made a conscious choice to hang out with single people and you need to yep. find friends who are stable and connected. Yeah, they're not as fun, though. Oh, that's the trouble. What do you want to go to a wedding or to not go to a wedding?
2: That's true. Yeah. Sophie's um, choice.
1: Sophie's choice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, lovely, lovely couple of weeks doing some wedding stuff. But it, it's kind of it's it's a lot it's tiring you know and we're not even the yeah. ones getting married yeah yeah yeah
0: um how was it uh how'd you go at, at uh we probably covered some of this when we caught up IRL mm. but uh how'd you go with um with family and stuff because you you hadn't seen them in a while you hadn't spent like a uh you know a great deal of like time together under the same roof your dad got COVID.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, Just after. How'd you go with all that? That was the unfortunate thing. So we'd spent a week. So I spent two weeks with my parents. First week in Adelaide, we were all together. Then we all went to Melbourne to meet my sister. Um, And we spent another week there. Um, All, you know, fairly close quarters. That was a Christmas break. So we had Christmas in Melbourne. Not much to do, not much around. So we were just like at home, eating, drinking, reading, going to the beach, just very uh, laid back and then we drove back from mount martha to melbourne airport in uh, the shared rental car uh did eight hours of international travel or more to get back home and when we got to auckland got a message from dad who'd already arrived in adelaide by that point done a rat test and it was positive (laughs) and we're like i just spent an hour and a half in a car with you unmasked so fuck um but thankfully uh he recovered okay um not before giving it to mum who also got it and oh i didn't know that yeah so they both had it and um thankfully they have both now tested negative again but i think still coming out of it with um some of the lingering effects of it so hopefully they clear Mm. up soon but um we managed to avoid it thankfully um yeah so that was an interesting um end to the to the travel um and a slightly unfortunate one because neither my sister or i got it and we don't really know where dad picked it up so it's a little bit of a mystery mm. um mm. but not What's exactly the best vibe to come back from a holiday with and immediately just feel sick and start shit worrying for a fortnight and start worrying about it yeah um, but, they're, but they're at
0: least they're he's doing got it right it now yeah. and you know if he, you know he gets if he gets it again you, you can rest assured that he'll probably be all right well
1: that's not how it works but yes he got yes, through this is. one how is that not how it works because every time you get covid it's like russian roulette and it could just get yeah but oh, but you've okay. got the antibodies and stuff yeah that might prevent you from catching it or it might minimize it but it, it's no guarantee that you'll survive it next time
0: yeah, it's pretty good okay
1: well Either way, he's um, he's back back on his feet and feeling better. Mum had quite a light case of it, which was good. She didn't seem to struggle as much. Stronger, um, strongest. Well, she has stronger than your she, dad. I I could probably point to like once in the last twenty five years that she's been sick. So she, I think she's got your gene of the resilience, yeah. whatever that might be.
0: Um, yeah, I was, I was um when you told me that your dad got COVID, I was going to send him a message. Uh, Because he sent me a message, which was kind of funny, but also had a bit of a dig at me and my lifestyle. And um, I was trying to think of something equally funny that I could say to him. But then I realized that I've really got nothing on him. You should have just sent him the same message back. (laughs) Yeah, I could have. But I was just thinking like, oh, uh, uh, Jeff, I heard you got COVID. Remember that time you took us... Out for dinner and you paid for everything. That was really nice. <laughs> Shit.
4: Yeah,
1: not quite the same yeah, burn as it I had nothing. Yeah, no.
0: So I just left it and didn't do anything. Yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm sure he felt the sentiment, even if it wasn't voiced. I thought about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was an interesting end, and then sort of a busy couple of weeks. But now, like next weekend, is the first weekend that I haven't had anything to do in forever. So I'm quite mm. looking forward to just like being at home and not having to do anything but then the weekend after that is another fucking wedding so we'll be we'll be at it all the way through um january
0: well you need some more fun friends who don't have their shit together
1: well a wedding is fun you just said you wanted to go to one well you know
0: maybe some friends who don't have their shit together (laughs) okay you need a couple of you need a breakup friend you know someone who's just recently broken up
1: all right i'll um i'll I'll try and seed some discontent in all my happy couple friends See where we go. Yeah. Speaking of happy friends, um, I uh, do
0: you remember a couple of, maybe a year and a half ago, I, I told that infamous story on here where I went to a nudist beach with my sister?
1: Yeah. Deliberately, as I recall, you both decided that you wanted to go get naked in front of each other. Is that how, am I remembering that correct?
0: Not, not, not exactly. We stumbled upon a, a very beautiful beach that happened to be a nudist beach, and by the time we realised it was a nudist beach, it was a bit too. Much but you said t- you looked around. for
1: the closest nudist beach when you were finding where to go. Is that right?
4: <laughs> no. Okay.
0: Okay. So a bit of an update to this um. This nudist beach story that you went I went again. I was. I went again with Lauren this time okay. yesterday actually, and um. Uh, and I think I said this last time, but these nudist beaches—they're some of the best beaches because they're vast, and no one—the general public—don't want to see a bunch of dicks. They are vast. They're you know, vast. A vast, <laughs> huge stretch of white sand and cliffs. Some of the best beaches—they're vast. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying it's a
1: vast beach? No, it's just funny. It's just the thing. You, what, what are you looking for most in a beach? <laughs> I'm Distance. looking for space. I'm <laughs> looking for
0: space. I am.
4: Okay. Fine.
0: Anyway, yeah, it just
1: caught me off guard.
0: Um, <laughs> so we go to this beach and. How big was it? Um, how big was it? The beach. The, the beach. The beach. The butch. The it? I don't know. It was probably, collo- <laughs> it was probably you know, six, six eight hundred meters. Why is it so funny to you? <laughs> go on, yeah. Anyway, so we we go to this beach intentionally this time. Uh-huh. Um, And it's beautiful and it's fast and it's, you know, it's a beautiful day. It's a 36 degree day, right? And we see the dicks and we see the tits. Yeah. And... You know, we're kind of, I'm kind Average of- Average age? May, I would say 50. Okay. I would say 50, but we chose the furthest spot in mm-hmm. this v- vast area. Yeah. And um, we, we, we we plonked ourselves there, plonked. We plonked ourselves there, and um, we're kind of like watching a lot of nudists. They, they walk past, they like to walk. Can I, so ask, a, a can I guys, ask a
1: technical question? so if you're going let's say 800 meters down this beach what's the clothing rules do you have to be naked at the start when you get onto the dunes strip off that's where it becomes you know nudist and then you have to walk the 800 meters or do you can you <laughs> clothe all the way and then strip off where you want to be at the end
0: the good thing about this beach is that you can it, there's no real you don't really feel any pressure to get nude okay right when I've been to a nudist, I'm making a habit of going to a nudist beach. on on our on uh, my third date with Lauren, I took her to a nudist beach what? accidentally. Accidentally, uh, okay. Accidentally, it's starting to become um, a, a bit of a thing. But there, uh, on that beach, it was, um, you know, you felt like you were, you know, not doing the right thing by keeping your clothes on. Right. Right. This is all probably projecting, but. Um, that's how it felt. anyway, at this beach, you, the, you know you're seeing some people with clothes on, some people with not, okay um, and you're seeing a lot of guys with like they'll wear a hat and they'll wear a t-shirt, but they'll wear nothing. Yeah. There were no pants, yeah um, from from the waist down, and they like to walk uh-huh. you know it's this I think that that feels freeing to them. they'll just go for a walk with their dick out, yeah. and you know even though it's a hot day. You know, you buy the. You're going in and out of the water, you know. It's it's cold, right? So you're seeing yeah. a lot of nubs. You're uh-huh. seeing a lot of nubs, you know. And I'm not. I'm not there to judge these dicks. Yeah. But you know, there's a there's a, there's a couple of comments made as you
1: you know you see the you see the people walking past. There's a couple of comments made t- well, between we're, we're you and, of, and your associates. Yeah, yeah my not associates. not to to the person's face. No, no, no,
0: no. are not. That not much,
4: much
1: down there today, is there? <laughs> Um,
0: but anyway, we, we, after, you know, two or three hours of sitting there, we think maybe we should get nude.
1: You Wait, you were sat and there for two or three hours with clothes on? on. The,
0: lying on the beach. Well, we have, we just have like, our, you know, bathers
1: on. You went to a nudist beach and you were there for three hours without taking anything off? Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: But then we did it. But okay. then we did it. We went nude. Uh-huh. And... We went in the ocean and it felt, it felt good. It felt freeing. I was very self-conscious. I feel like, you know, I felt bad because, you know, I, it's easy to make, it's easy to make comments about people's penises <laughs> when, <laughs> when, when, you've got, you're just sitting there in the comfort of your, 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 your trousers. Yeah. <clears throat> but then as soon as, as soon as my, uh, my jewels, my crown jewels hit the, hit the water, yeah they are uh, they, they it uh, doesn't matter how hot it is. it's going into full retreat mode. yeah, and I just don't think I know Seinfeld dedicated a whole fucking episode to this, but I just don't think that women truly understand what is happening or what happens <laughs> because I'm like going into full explanation mode to Lauren, you know. Trying to explain to her, like, the science Are you saying of... the
1: biology side? They don't even understand the biology side of it? I don't... I think... Or do you think it's I... one thing to know intellectually, but it's another sort of yes. seeing it happen?
0: I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is.
1: Um, and Has she, before this yeah, point, felt, seen your myself... penis? <laughs> or is this the first glimpse she's got? Because that changes um, things.
0: It's been mostly dark. Dimly okay. lit, Dimly okay. lit corridors. Okay. Um... But yeah, I I felt myself going into into a lot of defensive uh, talking here. Okay,
1: so you felt like you had to justify things.
0: I did. I really did feel like I had to. And she was very sweet about it. Like she was like, you know, I I don't even, don't. I'm not even looking. But that's worse in a way, isn't it? it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um.
1: And then how about this? Then wait, did you say that's worse in a way? Like you want her to see your dick in this new speech? Otherwise, like, what's the point?
0: Uh, it's like, it's, the intention is good, but, you know, saying, oh, I won't even look. That's a that's a nice thing to say. But then now I'm, now it's like, I've made it, I've made it a thing. This is the story of my life. Just like <laughs> making it a God, thing before I'm anyone's an thinking effort. about it.
1: I'm making an effort. I'm getting my dick out and you're not even looking at it.
0: I bet, I, I, I bet you she, 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 uh she copped a look and, you know, she didn't act, she didn't act horrified, but. Uh-huh. You know, but then how about this? Then there's another couple that come over at one point while we're lying there. We've still got our bathers on at this point. And they're kinda of looking for a spot and we're like, Oh, please don't sit next to us And this this is kind of like a a kind of a petite woman and like a really buff buff dude and he's he's like ripped, yeah. right? He's got tattoos yeah. um and a bucket hat and Earlier on, they came and scoped out a spot, and then they they kind of decided, nah, this is not for us. And we're like, great. Then they come back like an hour later, yeah, and they decide that they will, you know, sit basically next to us, or how, at least how... like fifteen meters away. Okay. And they just strip off, and this guy that we we made the comment we're like, they look like porn stars, <laughs> and. This is I they, I have to they they they're going full nude so this yeah. is this guy is going into yeah. the water yeah and coming out and yeah. it's like it's not even affecting him not at all not done anything it's yeah. not done anything and so <laughs> I've gone out there and I'm like they're lying on the beach and I'm coming out with you know basically a tiny little worm and <laughs> I'm like this guy just must think I'm a yeah must be know.
1: pitying you yeah but Did you anyway. say hello? Was it? Was there any kind of interaction?
0: Yeah, I I I, I waved at him by giving him the windmill um, <laughs> from the ocean. <laughs> <Yoo-hoo>. <laughs> um uh, I mean, but he didn't
1: see it. He <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> you have to think, right? There is a non-zero chance that on a nudist beach, anyone coming up and sitting next to you is interested in a potential group situation well we did discuss that i don't know
3: i don't know about that
1: you don't think so do you think that well i mean i'm just saying there's there's a a non-zero chance right
3: oh yes i'm not saying that it's
1: like more likely than not but if you're in a nudist beach and it's vast you know like the length of this beach is one of the main reasons you'd go to it and they come to 15 meters from you then there mm. that's a choice right they've chosen a spot in your vicinity
0: yeah well it did cross our mind actually and look if the people are going to a to beach you got to think there's some they're liberal liberally minded in in that in like sex, yeah. sexual sexuality and suffering. yeah um <clears throat> but yeah what else is going to say oh, that's pretty much it but yeah. uh, do, can i ask you something in the um does it come up in, in the, the gay world? Uh, like, because, because, you know, as I was saying before, you know, guys, guys know that you can go from zero to hero. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I, you know, not having that anatomy, I feel like you, you know, you probably don't understand or you're like, Oh, like you can see it out of in a certain context as a woman and just be like, the hell's going on where there, did your dick
1: go yeah
0: and make it make an assessment based on that but yeah. a guy would just be like hey yeah okay i
1: mean but, i so feel like the- i feel like women could understand conceptually the idea of like oh you know it it must be cold when you like go into the water like people always make that thing of like when you're wading in there's that moment where you like cross the threshold and you have to stick the nuts in under the ocean like there's always a conceptual understanding there. But I don't think unless you're a guy, you understand what it feels like, right? But I think in the same way, it's like, I don't really know what a period feels like, right? And yet every woman in my life, uh, well, up to a certain age, every month is going through some form of persistent bleed slash pain slash who knows how bad it goes. And I can't understand that, you know. I could empathize yep. with an internal pain, you know, I understand what a bleed, you know, I cut my finger before or something. But I don't really understand yeah. it. Um, I, I haven't lived it, so I, I'm not hugely surprised by by a, a difference in understanding. And also, to be honest, the truth is that like sex ed is pretty crap, or at least it was when we went to school. Maybe it's a little bit better. Yeah. So I'm not hugely surprised if it if it doesn't really translate. Yeah. No, I went to
0: a religious school, so
1: um, well, even yeah, even worse. Um, to answer your question about like the gay scene, uh, I mean, yes, I guess there's there's several aspects to it. Yes, people would understand better what having a dick is like, so that you know, we'll, we'll you don't have to explain like, oh, it's cold today. Is a joke that every guy understands, right? They crack it to each sure. other, yeah. regardless. Um. And there's probably just more like sympathy but also more understanding which means like if you are with someone who's I'm, I'm picturing like in a sexual situation if you like if your partner is unable to get it up for whatever reason you probably yep. understand that fear and also have an idea about what might need to happen to fix it so yeah. like i guess it's just knowledge and experience right like anything else
0: yeah, I, I think that's, that's right. I guess there's a, you ha- yeah, there's, you have a, a deeper level of understanding just being the same gender, but then the other, I guess you don't have the mystery because like part of the fun is the mystery, like, well, you know, well, I of mean, the opposite sex. Sure.
1: Yeah. The other thing I suppose is the, uh, like the grower versus shower thing. So there's still like some yeah, potential like uh, questions or allure and mystery. Um, then again, just thinking on a sort of tangent as well, the the idea of the nudist concept. I don't know whether a beach is going to be the destination for gay people necessarily, because there are other spaces like gay bathhouses and things where that kind of practice is already kind of entrenched. If you wanted that that yeah experience i guess um, and
0: we all and everyone knows that gay people can't swim which can't is, swim is uh, the, the other the other element
1: challenge. yeah so we never actually have the problem to be honest of, of, of yeah, shrinking. yeah but yeah interesting well are you good have you booked a return are you going to be back
0: look it's it's a beautiful beach we're, we're keen to go back yeah um so I don't know, maybe I'll take a, a Viagra or something before I go next time. <laughs> no,
1: surely that's the w wor- like that's I the think one thing be you worse. don't want.
0: But that's the, okay, so not to harp on this too much because I know I've just come back from a long break and now I'm just devoted twenty minutes time. to talking about dicks. <laughs> but but you you know, you kinda of wanna you wanna fluff. You wanna you know, even if you're even if you're in a kind of a romantic situation, you wanna you wanna fluff up. You yeah. know, just to give yourself the best possible chance of, you know, looking good. If you fluff too much, uh-huh. you could you could walk you're away it. with a, yeah. which is which is definitely worse. Yeah. You know, if you if you're going into the ocean yeah. with a rager, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, don't, better not to back backstroke because. Or um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe that's the best stroke. Maybe that like adds speed. <laughs> um, I like
0: the idea of someone confusing an erection for a shark fin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have you ever uh, do you ever um, go to the like sex health clinic? Have you ever gone to Yeah. Um well, yeah. That's like a fairly regular thing of a gay man's life um okay. you know getting a even a in check-up. a relationship. Yeah. Getting checkups and and well uh, perhaps less so in a relationship to be fair, but um particularly if you're sexually active um having regular exams, checking you know for bloods or potentially being on something like prep which um prevents HIV um a whole bunch of that stuff is just very normalized in the gay community but there is definitely one of those fears whenever you go into those clinics for your your annual checkup or whatever that you know you don't want to you know when you're getting it out get get anything uh any action down there going because that you know medical circumstances with the doctor there or the nurse there is worst fear kind of (laughs) of how that interaction goes you want a happy
0: medium. You want, yeah, you know, and, and leaning towards leaning you know, towards not much low. Yeah. Just, just a bit of blood flow there would yeah. be nice. Yeah. But anyway, a lot of, a lot of X-rated chat here. Yeah. My apologies. Well, you know, um, but I just had to get off my yeah. chest.
1: Sexy and free. That's what the, the slogan is. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about? But I think we've already answered that question. Um, So uh, there was one thing, one interesting article that I read over the past few weeks that I thought would be interesting to discuss. Um, It was in Slate uh, or on Slate, the website, I suppose. Um, It's a article entitled Dangerous Minds by Jane C. Hugh. Um, It is about the idea of brain maturity. Uh, the, the lead is, the legal world is slowly accepting that age 18 or 21 is not a magical moment of adult brain maturity. Are we ready for what that means? Um, let me just read some of this. It's quite a long article. I will post the link of it in the chapter title if you're listening on a podcast player. Um, it's a good read, uh, but I'll just, I'll just get us going here. Uh, In a car outside of a convenience store in Flint, Michigan, in late 2016, Chemo Parks handed his cousin a gun. Things happened quickly after that. Witnesses saw his cousin Harris with his arm up and extended towards a red truck. Shots rang out. The wounded driver sped off and crashed into a tree. EMTs rushed him to the hospital. The man was dead on arrival. Two weeks later, Harris was arrested following a car chase. He and Parks were charged with a murder. The um, defendants were both convicted and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Parks's lawyers appealed the sentencing, arguing it was unconstitutional. Parks was 18 at the time of his conviction, and his legal team asserted that it constituted cruel and unusual punishment to put an 18-year-old away for life. They cited several landmark Supreme Court cases—this is all in the U.S.—which abolished the death penalty for people under 18— and which held that people 17 and younger could not be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The lawyers argued that the age cutoffs established in those cases should be extended upwards. The case eventually made its way to the Michigan Supreme Court, and in one filing, a group of neuroscientists, psychologists and criminal justice scholars submitted an amicus brief in support. They said, quote, drawing the line at 18 for when mandatory life without parole cannot be constitutionally imposed is from a scientific perspective, both arbitrary and under inclusive. From a scientific perspective, a person's 18th birthday is not a rational dividing line for justifying life without parole or similar sentences because the brain continues to develop and change rapidly across all the relevant metrics for several more years. The appeal was successful. Um, So, There is a whole bunch more to this article, a whole bunch more of explanation. Uh, But the, the key question here is one of the fundamental tension between science and policy. So science is fluid. We understand things and then that understanding evolves with new findings. The work of science is uncovering the truth, but that's never complete. Law, on the other hand, demands rigidity. You can do this, but not that and reconciling these two disparate approaches has always created friction. But now we're getting to a point with neuroscience and punishment where things are getting worse. A growing body of research strongly suggests that brain development continues well into people's 20s and beyond. There's no hard cutoff. At when most people have a mature brain and there's unlikely to ever be one because scientists are continuing to conduct more and more studies of how our brains work. There aren't even clear indicators to test for that would signal that an individual's brain is now grown and it's time to hold them accountable to a higher standard. One of the few things we can now say for sure is to draw a hard line at 18 is to get it perilously wrong. So... Mm. As that is a context and a, and a background here, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about what you think that intersection should be, where we draw the line between the science of understanding how our brains works and when we are ready to call people adults and, and at what point you think it's fair to hold people responsible for something. As as one potential kicking off point, we know that men and women, the brains are, quote unquote mature at different rates. So, do you think it would be ethical to set a, you know, an adulthood line of 21 for men but 18 for women because they're more mature earlier? Yeah, for the death penalty. Yeah. So
0: we should we should we should be able to kill women earlier in life than men. Um yeah, it is it is an interesting um topic because there are so many it's it's weird to create blanket rules when it comes to kind of really big things like drinking yeah. and driving a car and the death penalty. Not that that exists where you or I live, yeah. but these are kind of big you know, things to have. And when you can have sex, like when you can date someone, they do seem, they they are very like arbitrary and um, it like in an ideal world would be able to measure everyone's brain, activity or wh- however they test for maturity I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of test for that well that's kind but of the point I mean, there there's no like yeah.
1: agreed upon metric where you can look at and say oh you're at you know 1020 now you're mature you know there's no rigid line there's no line in the sand there to draw
0: so i mean for things like the death penalty and uh, maybe even driving a car in alcohol it almost feels like you we should be erring on the side of you know um, being more conservative with this stuff, and 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 assuming that if we if we are having to make blanket rules for for a large um, population size, which we do need to do, yeah, um, then we should probably be erring on the sides of um, you know being more conservative, which is like bumping up the age, yeah. But also, I mean, the 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 other the other weird thing is the sex thing because in America there are states where. You can have sex or relations with, sex or relations, uh, with, um, you know, someone who's 16 years old, for example, but then in others it's 18 and people are being like yeah. prosecuted, you know, based on these rules, but it, it seems so, it, it's kind of, it's kind of silly in a way. Like yeah, I it's I get geography, it, it's like if I'd been silly. over on that
1: road, you know, on that it's state, like, across there, am i Am a pedophile? Fine. I'm a
0: pedophile yeah. now? What? Um yeah, so I I don't obviously don't have a solution for it, but um, it, it is it, the idea, the concept is 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 strange when when you think about it that we are creating we are creating rules for developing brains where everyone is so different and we know everyone's so different.
1: Hmm. And uh, the as well the idea that brains only get like fully mature at twenty five is also a myth. There's no such thing, you know, people have been holding up that age now as like a new marker of adulthood, but that's sort of- I've been proving it for years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Some people have said that you can't even truly consent to marriage or to sex before you turn 25, like based on neuroscience, you know, misguided neuroscience. But there's a a whole bunch of like um, different avenues here to think about. One of which is, okay, so now let's say that we've accepted that 18 is too young to be life without parole. Like maybe at this point we we can't treat people, people people as adults. Should the law, which is always famously behind reality, the law is always catching up to the world as we know it because policy and and decision making takes time. It always happens after something. Um, should the law be ever changing? based on the whims and the knowledge of science is it the case that a new science you know journal article comes out and says okay brains become mature at 22 and then it goes through the the courts and some people get charged at 22 and then one person puts in a um you know an appeal and brings in a different set of neuroscientists and then they say oh no it's 23 and so then we update all the laws and then that gets challenged or someone else does a new study and then another one comes in and oh it's 25 and oh it's 21 and like mm. how for the for the sake of our society, shouldn't law be rigid even if it's wrong? you know for stability or for predictability or for you know efficiency sake, do we need to just pick one wrong number even though we know that everything's changing around it?
0: yeah, I guess you could um well, I, I can't see how it would be bad to follow science, and science is just following evidence. So if we're and science changes all the time, but Also, policy moves slower than science does. So perhaps you could, you know, make it so that every five years you review a policy and with the updated science or something like that, rather than, you know, every single update in in the scientific world. But even that, I mean, there could be some great breakthrough study that, you know, or information that comes to light that then, you know, even if you were reviewing it every five years, you'd be like, "Oh, well, we have to wait four years." It, there should be some way that policy can actually be changed based on the on the evidence that's coming out. But there is a yeah. very there's a large there's a lot of distance between lawmaking and and science, especially in the states, I guess.
1: For sure, and in this article, it actually um, points out an example where the Supreme Court had. I don't, I forget the date, 20 years earlier, received a briefing from the American Medical Association where it said, you know, 18-year-olds are adults and they could do this. And then 20 years later, they had another briefing from the same organization where they said 18-year-olds are not adults. And the Supreme Court justice was like, well, which of you are we meant to believe, your old testimony or your new testimony? Um, so having to reconcile the fact that that's changing is perhaps outside of the, the court's um, typical. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I don't know. But I personally feel like I, I changed more between twenty five and thirty than I did between twenty and twenty five. Yeah. So it is. It is. Um, like if I if I were to if I were to if I were to make laws for myself based on my own personal experience, I would probably make drinking illegal until twenty
4: one.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I even don't. Well, I, we know I mean, I we know the science about the impact of alcohol on people's brains, exactly, right? Like it's, exactly, yeah.
0: The um, and, and even dri- even driving a car. Like at sixteen, I don't think I should have been driving a car, and it worries me that there are other sixteen-year-olds like me, you know, out there driving. Well, one of the weapons. things that
1: we talk about uh, again that is talked about in this um, article is the idea of context as well that like a 16 year old um, could sit in an exam room and answer the questions about you know give way this or you know fake drive this screen and and hit the brake pedal and that sort of thing but that's one context and perhaps their brains are developed enough to do that but not as good at filtering out distractions. So if you're then in a car with two other people and the music blaring and your phone's dinging and you know it's late at night or something and you're driving along, that's a very different set of circumstances to where you were taught to drive and you know passed your driving test. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's also not to say that if even if you do push that age up, an 18-year-old could still be culpable for a bad decision. Right? Like they could still have actively made the wrong choice or or be expected to do better.
0: Sure. I guess that's the other side of things. Like some people do some people do mature quickly. Um and so they you know, in in the States if the if the death penalty is still kicking around as a punishment, I mean it doesn't make it doesn't make it doesn't really make any sense.
1: Yeah. Which I guess is leads to the conclusion that the legal system should have a built-in um, function or, or i suppose that the punishment side of it to allow for the fact that if they've spent 20 years in prison they're probably a different person by that point right like that's the whole like the unjust nature of a, a life sentence to me is the idea that there's no no future chance this person is ever redeemable
0: it's weird when you think about. Um, you know people who if you think about even your own life and you know you've we've both probably done things that we really regret, and we you know you know that feeling of, Oh my God, this is I hate that I did this, yeah, or I hate that I said this, I will never do that again' and you know that you would never you really never do that again, um, no matter how severe it it may it may be or maybe not be i can only imagine how many people uh, have been put away in prisons for for a crime that was that was made in the heat of the moment or spontaneously or whatever that they would actually just they would actually just never do it again because of because of how bad it got there, Like yeah. even the thought of going to court, even the thought of dealing with police, they would just never do it again. I'm sure it's a huge percentage of people that would just never do it again. There's obviously people who would say they would never do it again, but they, you know, they would. But I'm sure there's a a a, a, a relatively large uh, number of people that have, you know, just had their lives ruined by their own actions, but also. Who even though it? they would they would actually never yeah. commit that act again
1: yeah well that's the question of the the purposes of prisons and that sort of thing is it for rehabilitation or is it for punishment like and and i, I very generally speaking and it's been a long time since i looked at it closely but i feel like there has definitely been uh, some evidence that giving people in prison a chance and rehabilitation and counseling and, you know, work training and that sort of stuff does so much more to minimize recidivism than if you treat them like criminals and don't give them any support or structures. And then they get out into the real world and they fall back into what they did before.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting ethical dilemma, really prisons, you know, is it, is it ethical to, you know, no matter what someone's done to, decide as a society that an individual can no longer particip- participate in the world yeah um, you know kind of we do have to have some parameters as as human beings we have to have if we want to have societies that are going to function we do have to have parameters but I feel like in the in the future and it probably be way in the future there may be uh, a more ethical more rehabilitative approach to um you know correcting people's behavior that is not just taking away that individual and putting them in a box
1: yeah i mean uh, i'm it's it's not the same in australia as far as i know but the the u.s system is crazy to me because they have the for-profit prisons where they're run by like third parties not by the state and they're there to like do fucking slavery basically and not get paid for it and, well,
0: they need a certain amount of people in prison in order yeah. to keep the prisons running because they're yeah. privately owned.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Bizarre. So bizarre and so perverse. And and that's one where you could really point to it and say, this is not for rehabilitation purposes. This is as far away from it as you can get. Yeah,
0: um, I, I don't know. I don't have any answers to anything, obviously. Mm. No. I just I have just, questions. Yeah,
1: I just thought it was an interesting um, area which I hadn't encountered before. Um, side
0: question. Um if you were sent to prison, how do you think you'd fare and what would be your your game plan, your strategy?
1: What did I do? Like how long am I in for? All
0: right, let's say you um let's say you you, you you're in there for tax tax evasion. Okay. Or maybe embezzlement. I okay. don't really know what embezzle, embezzling means. Embezzlement is just stealing money. Some sort of financial thing. thing but okay. you're in Work there with the, the rest of the riffraff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And how long am I in for? Uh, 6 weeks, 18 five months. months. 18, 18 months. months. 18 months. Okay, how would I go? I mean, I tell you what, I would be hit in the gym straight away. Would you? I think you gotta get in there because you don't want any signs of weakness. Okay. And also what else have you got to do, right? I'm like yeah. there's nothing fucking there. Well but, I've
0: heard uh, that they've removed gym equipment from prisons. Really? Well it's actually you see it in movies, but yeah. you're not actually Im- not a, thing a lot of a lot of buff prison guys yeah. uh, that's from body weight exercises oh okay
1: well even so you know okay. get yourself Push-ups. in good shape um yeah. i feel like i could be there's a few there's a few cliche tropes here there's one which is like the quiet guy who just reads books in his cell like stays out of trouble doesn't want to yeah. you know mess with anyone i feel like that could be me yeah there's also a slight chance like i'm a bit of a people pleaser and, you know, arguably <laughs> a bit of, you know, possibly some wit there. So maybe I could, like, ride a line where I sort of make some friends and most people kind of like me because I'm a nice yep. guy. But I, like, don't get into the shit with anyone. But I'm also not, like, hiding out. I'm just kind of, like, just ride that line in the middle where yeah. maybe personality-wise I get along with everyone. That's what I did in high school, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I like that I, I would the the scary thing would be I would not want to be with it like in in any of the internal gang stuff. I just don't want to get near that nah. that's
0: gross. Gross.
1: Don't you don't want to you don't want to play favourites at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gangs really is all about playing favourites. No. Yeah. You're like,
0: guys, 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 guys. Don't, guys, guys, guys. I don't want to get involved. I don't yeah.
1: want to get involved. Yeah.
3: Whatever
0: this whatever this argument is. Yeah. I like that approach. I think I'd do the same. I, I um I think I'd roll the dice, and um, which I, which I, I pretty much do this in in real life anyway. But you know, I, I think humor would be your way to to try and get someone on your side. Yeah. And you could make like a bit of a risky joke, and it, if it was in a movie, you'd have that weird tension moment after you've mm-hmm. made the joke, and then the and then, then they, the, the and then they goes, go, oh, "I like guy. you. Yeah. I like this guy." <laughs> I was. I'll just tell this really quick story because it's kind of related. And I just thought of it when I was in high school. When I was in year eleven, I went on a um, a, tr- a, a trip to the US on a music music tour. So mm-hmm. we've, I played in a brass band, mm-hmm. and we went on this tour of the United States. And we were billeted by a family who was, um, you know, a, same school as um, the school I went to, a Jesuit school, and we got put up with this family. And there was a guy around my age, right? So year eleven. So that's why we got put there. I was there with another guy from school, and his mum. They're really rich. This is in Phoenix, and they're really rich. And his mum would go and, and give him, you know, a hundred bucks, and he'd be like, "Take these, take these Australians to the movies or something like that." And he was driving at this point. He was sixteen, and um, so we'd be like, "All right, cool. We're going to the movies." This really happened. Yeah. And th- we're kind of like in in kind of an affluent area, like these people had money Yeah, and he's driving there. It was like a fucking hammer or something. He's driving <laughs> us to the movies. We're on the highway and we're talking about this movie that we're going to go see. And he goes, Oh, you guys realize we're not going to go see a movie. Right. And I was like, we were like, no, we didn't, re- we didn't actually know that we thought we were going to see parts of the Caribbean too, yeah. whatever. Um, and he's like, no, we're going to my friend's house. Anyway, we go to this friend's house, and it's like a druggy house. Yeah, right. And we're like two 16-year-old guys from Adelaide yeah. who haven't... I've barely yeah. barely heard the term marijuana. You've used meth like once or twice. Anyway, we get to this den, and these pe- there's like a... It's like, it's like a, it's like from a, it was like a set from a movie. Yeah. There's like guys in like stained singlets yeah. and they're smoking bowls. They're smoking, yeah. um, not weed. They're smoking. I, I didn't even realize it was meth, but yeah. I guess reflecting back, it's probably meth. meth. And they're just like sucking down these things anyway, ha- like hard looking guys. Yeah. And we're freaking out. The other guys a Mormon. The other guy from say, from school, <laughs> he's a Mormon. He's a Mormon. He's literally a mission. He became a missionary. Yeah. Um, and there was one guy, and I was like terrified. We we're both terrified. And the 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 main guy, the lead guy, the kind of kingpin, yeah. uh-huh. he he was giving us some real shade. Like, who the fuck are these assholes? Blah blah yeah. blah.
1: Anyway, I'm. Does he know we the? For, like, he know the American? He, kn- kid. he knows yeah. the billet, our yeah. billet, our yeah. host. Um, and how old's this host? Also sixteen.
0: Yeah, my age. Yeah, fuck. Started okay. early. Started early. And he and then this this guy asked us to go get him some Gatorade, walk down the street. They ask us if we want to hit. We're just like, ah, we're actually good. We're actually good. You know, we've got a big big concert tomorrow, <laughs> um, <laughs> playing in Saint Patrick's Church. Um, anyway, I I told a joke after like two hours of sitting there being shit scared. I saw an opportunity. I told a joke, and this guy, the the kingpin guy, the evil looking guy, yeah, he. He just flipped, well, uh, in a good way, those were wrong choice of words, but he was just, like, cracking up laughing. He was <laughs> like, this guy's fucking hilarious. And he just, like, was just my best bud after that for the next, like, two hours, whoever along with there. You and spent I felt four like, hours in a drug den? Dude, it was not What fun. was your billet doing? Smoking. And then he it, drove us back. What the fuck? I know, and the weird thing is, I told my dad this because my dad was a music teacher. Yeah. At, at your the dad school. was on the trip, or when you got back? My dad was on the trip, but like not yeah, without billeting. Yeah, yeah. And he, I, mean, I remember telling the teachers this, and they were like, "All right," uh, they didn't really know what to do with it, so they just left it. Didn't, <laughs> nothing happened. It just continued staying there. We're gonna pretend you didn't tell us that. Go back to the meth house. <laughs> 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 it was wild. But anyway, that that feeling of being like accepted by like the the most the, the baddest mood. guy.
4: Yeah. Oh, man, okay. I've been chasing You've that high it. ever
0: since. <laughs> That's, this is why you got into comedy. So this is this is this is my that would be my approach to prison would be to try and make the 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 most terrifying guy laugh Yeah. and then get him to protect me and then he can he can do whatever he wants to my body.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, good choices. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this, well, there's plenty more interesting stories of Michael's childhood in the back archives. So why don't you go have a listen? You can find them all at deepfort.podbean.com in your podcast player of choice, and you know, soon to be all over Spotify as well as we have now uploaded our podcast to Spotify. So go explore. Um, Maybe find the one about the vet dentist or other kind of horrifying things Michael's done. Um, (laughs) If you also want to follow us in other places, well, fuck Twitter because that shitholes down the drain. But you can still follow us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram and you can find our songs and jingles on Spotify as well. And if you ever have questions or comments, Uh, please send me through to deepfought at gmail i'd love to hear your thoughts and particularly if laura you're listening to this and you have thoughts about the uh collision of uh neuroscience and the legal um institute or any other um listeners with uh, something to say please reach out don't talk to my sister
2: how you doing laura (laughs) how you doing ladies (laughs)
0: Uh, so, not convincing at all. You've never said that with any sort of. Hey, girls. Authentic.
1: <laughs> love those breasts.
0: Oh, the worst part is the face, which people can't
1: see, but the <laughs> face. Can I touch one of your
2: chest boobs? <laughs> uh, wreck engine! Brum, brum.
0: Vroom, vroom. It's not Broom Broom, is it? That would be fair. <laughs> well, it could be broom in the car.
1: Broom is a car, so you could be... Is that what you were thinking you? of? Isn't that Brum? Well, he probably says... Anyway, I feel like you've got a soft topic.
3: Vroom Broom.
2: Welcome to Deep Thoughts Recommendation Engine. I got a
1: couple of little things here. Uh do you want to kick us off with something? Yeah. First
0: wreck album. Now, have you heard this? Uh why, why is Blood. Wise Blood.
1: Why, yeah, Wise why Blood. I do know them. W E Y E S
0: Blood. Yeah. What a pheno- It's my favorite album of the, of 2022. It's called And in the Darkness Hearts a Glow. Um I've been rinsing this album on repeat um i i've listened to a few of her songs by the way it's a it's a lady singer oh yeah so a bit of a curveball but um it is a it's just a knockout album it's a, it's it's kind of an epic album i'd say it's it it's kind of rock soft rock slash alternative rock i yeah. never know what to label these things i've yeah. lost all track of genres
1: these days so yeah, yeah i i struggle with indie
0: it, rock uh, i mean nothing seems to fit no but um, it is just, like, incredible songwriting, incredible voice. Yeah. Um, lyrically, it is um, powerful. Mm. Um, I've had a couple of... Well, there's one particular song called God Turned Me Into a Flower, yeah. which it literally blossoms like a flower, like, the musically. And um, it when it gets to the crescendo and, and the, like, the third act, I would almost describe it as, it's, you know, you can just feel yourself unfurling and unraveling. Um, I, I don't know what else to say, but, but that is, it is just a great, great album. Mm. Um,
1: I know, I, I like, I I've liked some of her stuff for a few years, and she's one of those artists who I think does a lot of, like, collaborative songs with other people so i always get like she'll pop up every few months with like a new one in my discover yes and i'm like oh she's done another thing um and yeah i i feel like i've given that album a listen but i probably haven't been back to it this year so i should go and and give it another um check because yeah she's very talented
0: i think it's a real um it's a headphone listen this one yeah or a go Um, for
1: a walk listen yes yeah nice rack um I will throw in. Have you seen the comedy special Rothaniel by Gerard Carmichael?
0: No, no but he just hosted The Globes,
1: right? Correct. He just hosted he The did Globes. Pretty well. Yeah, I haven't seen anything of it, but um I think his his star is rising. Um here's the thing which I think might get you to jump onto it. Um it was directed by Bo Burnham, and I know okay, you're a fan. Mean, um, fan. so this is this is a stand-up uh from a comedian i think probably his third special from what i understand i'm not hugely familiar with his back back um work but this was one of the most acclaimed specials from last year but i will pre-warn you it is not like it's it's one of the ones which is a bit more of a telling a personal story special than it is a joke a minute um kind of thing i've heard i've heard that but it is very very personal clearly personal um and I feel like if you don't know what it's about, then I won't tell you what it's about. But I yeah, think don't. it is really elegantly framed, and about halfway through um, the story of um, the the show, it it just takes a turn into this very, very open, very personal, um, almost monologue, um, which is worth looking into. And. He, he does the thing, you know, I know that you don't have a great deal of time for um, for old uh, Nanette and and, um, and to a lesser extent Douglas, you didn't get your Hannah Gadsby stuff. But I think both of them do have that timing where even in the middle of a story that is very emotional, they know the moment to press the joke button. Right. Yeah. and and he some of the the ways that he cuts the tension or the silence in this special is just perfect so i really enjoyed it um i wouldn't say it's a laugh a minute but there are laughs in it and i i i, I think if you're a Bo burnham fan or, or interested in a little bit of old comedy that you should give it a go because it's um it's very compelling
0: yeah i i listen to a lot of um comedians talking on podcasts and they all uh talk a lot about jared Car- jared carmichael is but he's kind of like a comedian's comedian um so um he's been on my radar but i haven't actually actively gone out and checked his stuff out but i'll uh, i'll do that with this special do you know if it's on netflix
1: uh, i don't think it's on netflix over here i watched it on neon because it was an hbo special so i would suggest I go look where your yep. hbo turns up um yeah it'll probably binge. be there cool. um yeah good watch and 50 minutes like it's not that. Not overly long. Good time. Uh, got something
0: else? Yep. I've got another uh, best of 2022. Uh, best film 2022 for me was Triangle of Sadness. Oh. Um, it is is Oh, I'm going to say it. Raucous. A raucous. raucous affair. Yeah. Wow. I'm using, I'm using words that <laughs> only someone from the 1800s would <laughs> use. But it is raucous. Um, It is by the director. I've forgotten his name. I think he's a uh, uh, what do you call someone from Denmark? A Dane, Dane, Um, or Norwegian? One of those two. Uh, But he directed uh, the Square and Force Majeure, um, Uh which are both uh, foreign language films. And this is his first um, English language film. Yeah, Uh, and it is it is correct. Um, it is so funny. It's got Woody Harrelson in it and everyone else you probably don't recognise. Yeah. But it is it's like a dark comedy that uh is almost also kind of a satire. Yeah. Um and it's basically kind of taking aim at communism uh, not communism, um at capitalism and um the this kind of uh vapid uh, new world, social media world um, ethos and um, uh, uh, priority that, well, maybe not priority, but social media yeah, and where the, people the are putting va- their time and energy. Where so, we're putting yeah. people, and you know, I, I'm not. I'm really not doing it justice here in this in this summary. But it's just it's just super funny. It's also there's a lot of um, kind of gender. It, I, I really like films that don't don't necessarily just take, a, you know, a hot button issue, for example, you know, gender roles, right? Which is, you know, th- there's, there's a certain way you can, you can explore that idea that everyone that you kind of would expect out of a Hollywood film. Yeah. And then there's, there's another way, which I think actually uh, the show white Lotus did in the first season where there. They're actually kind of having the discussion in the show, yeah. and it's not—they're not actually taking a position. They're kind of leaving it to the to the viewer to to try and make what they will out of you know the the discussion. Yeah. And um, the other movie that did that was the Worst Person in the World. So they're taking a complex idea and and breaking it down, but there's no there's no real agenda with it. It's just like let's just dis- let's dis- let's discuss it, uh, and that's happening within the film. Um, and yeah, there's, there's just so, there's so it's very rich. It's a, it's rich. It's not even, it's not one of these films that you're, you're thinking about, Oh, you know, is that, does that mean that like, it's pretty obvious. So so you can feel, you can feel quite smart watching this film. I think like it's (laughs) the, the allegories and the, and the symbolism is, is not hidden. Um, but it's still, it's super funny. Um, and it's super interesting. Um, and yeah it's a little bit sexy too you know oh. but oh hello oh, now i'm listening Ladies. hello boys <laughs> um, am i
1: doing that right uh, i didn't come um, across in the same way is that what i sound like yeah Gosh. um but yeah go check out triangle of sadness so that's it's in, in theaters. theaters here okay it's in, the- it's in theaters now
0: <laughs> this is just an ad
1: yeah great i'll have to see if it's planned. um it sounds good um I never saw Force Majeure, but I did see that they remade it and yeah. that was not as successful as far as I could tell.
0: I heard nothing. Oh, so they made it with Steve Carell, I believe, mm. and uh, Tina Fey?
1: No, Maybe but I, you're John in the same Hamm. It was No, it was um Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh while we're on the topic of comedies, um and I suppose slightly the same thing about exploring big picture concepts but not picking aside. Um... Atlanta I feel like this is a bit overdue Um, this is also 2022 thing but it's been a little while Um, I just wanted to throw uh, one sort of quick last wreck out for Atlanta we talked about this show years ago it was very good for the first two seasons there was a big gap of over COVID and and with Donald Glover off doing other things but last year two seasons of Atlanta came out season three where they were in Europe um, touring around you know getting super high in Amsterdam and doing all kinds of impressive um holiday kind of stories and then the final season season four back in atlanta telling um, some more classic stuff and man that show is just like a next level achievement in terms of putting you in a place and and introducing people and characters unlike any other and telling stories unlike any other and it ends just absolutely fucking perfectly with a great final episode so um if you ever like that show please uh, go back and finish it off because it is totally worth it
0: He's a real talent, that Donny G. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw I saw season one of Atlanta, and um, I don't really watch. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I really have to like apply myself to you yeah. know or commit to uh, concentrating to a TV show. But I feel like that's going to be one of them that I'm like, okay, I want yeah. to
1: i want this in my life and particularly like even though the first season was very good the second season of that show where they've now had the claim acclaim they've got the confidence and they come back and they just fucking start swinging is very very good um so
0: they've done three seasons now they've
1: done four seasons they've done four they did one and two several years ago and then there was the covid gap and then three and four came out literally within six months of each other um so they'd shot them back to back but yeah right great 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 show great show um oh. anything
0: else? I do. I've got one other one. Um which is kimchi.
1: Kimchi, just generally. You a fan?
2: You a fan <laughs> of generally. kimchi? Uh,
1: you know what Racist. I think on the balance. Racist. On the balance of things, probably no. I'll eat kimchi. Okay. But honestly, like sometimes you go to a restaurant and they've got like kimchi loaded fries and I would just scrape mm. the kimchi off. I just want my fries.
0: I'm a big fan of the the old chi. Um I I i really as the older I get I'm, the more I'm liking fermented stuff. I'm a big fan of sauerkraut, which is kimchi for Kimchi for I Westerners. Don't know, Polacks, I guess. <laughs> um but kimchi I'm just putting that shit on everything, dude. Fried rice, putting it in sandwiches, put yeah. on spaghetti. It's fucking delicious. It's good for your gut and it's good it's uh, good for your your nut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Two thumbs up from Michael kimchi yep. I love kimchi uh, great job now i have one last segment which i wanted to introduce which i uh the idea came to me off the back of some feedback that we have had uh, from a few listeners over the 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 years um the odd message has come through to us that some of you out there like to listen to our show as a way to put you to sleep at night they like they like the um the pod as a background chatter, you know, the kind of dull, monotonous, uninteresting rambles that you might hear at a party or in a business meeting to really just soothe you off into the the land of wink. and (laughs) To complete
0: opposite ends of the spectrum there.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, sometimes business meetings are very dull. But um, as a result, I feel like you know, we've been fighting uphill against this trend for a while now, and I think it's time to steer into the skid. So I would like to introduce you to Blanket Ford. Here's here's the idea, um, Michael, and I feel like this this is a get close to the microphone kind of thing. But now we're at the end of the podcast and people are probably starting to drift off a little bit. I think that we need to tell a story just to sort of end this podcast in a sort of calming, soothing way. So if you're out there feeling those Sleepy eyes
2: falling down on your face a little (sighs) bit. Maybe this will be enough to send you on your way. You guys just close your eyes and join us. You are walking along a beach...
3: Step by step, you feel the mud crabs walking across your feet, gently crushing them with every
2: step. Crunch, 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 their brittle shells. Snapping beneath your weathered toes. And up
3: ahead on this vast, vast beach. You see a man. And he's wearing a hat.
2: The hat has three points. One. Points left, (laughs) one (laughs) points forward, and one points down.
3: You go up to this man and you ask, Excuse me. Sir, why do you have an arrow hat?
2: The man smiles, and he takes your hand in his, and says, Fuck off. you
3: scream Ah. that was the sound of a wave muffling your scream the waves on this beach are very loud
2: the water rushes up to your ankles and as the waves lap against your skin you feel the dried blood of the crabs slowly wash away
3: you notice the man is standing over you watching so you ask him a question
2: What's that in your hand? The man smiles and shows you his axe. (laughs) He didn't notice the axe.
3: You say, excuse me sir, still very polite. Why do you have
2: an axe on a beach? It's the last thing you ever said, as thwack, he hews it into your neck. As you
3: feel the blunt edge of the axe force its way into your neck, you notice blood
2: You sink to your knees and feel the grainy sand as you collapse.